0: Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Today is Monday. It is the 22nd of August. This is here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. The Iowa State Fair wrapped up yesterday after an 11-day run, topping the $1 million mark once again. State Fair CEO Gary Slater says there were not many negatives. The fair is just tremendous this year, smooth running and whatnot. There's a little devil in some of the details, uh, but uh, nothing that uh, is any major thing. Friday did see more than three inches of rain in a short time that made for some wet faregoers and muddy conditions. The Democrat running to represent Iowans in the state's second congressional district says Democrats are passing bills that are helping the state and the incumbent has been voting against them. IPR's Michael Leland has more. State Senator Liz
1: Mathis says the 2021 infrastructure bill will mean an estimated $5 billion for Iowa projects, and the new Inflation Reduction Act will reduce the federal deficit and health care costs for seniors. She says Representative Ashley Hinson's been on the wrong side of both of these.
2: She's been voting the wrong way. She's been saying no to a lot of things where she should be saying yes. Yes
1: has made her comments on the Des Moines Register political soapbox at the state fair. She served in the Iowa Senate since 2011.
0: Hinson declined an invitation to speak at the soapbox during this year's fair. The Republican candidate for Iowa auditor says he wants to be a watchdog and the voice of the Iowa taxpayer. Todd Halber made his comments on Saturday at the Des Moines Register's political soapbox at the state fair. He said he had three priorities if elected. So the first one is save the taxpayer money. By eliminating waste, fraud, and
1: abuse. The second one is accountability to all Iowans and to all taxpayers. Third is make some money for the Iowa taxpayer by streamlining and making government efficient.
0: For example, Halber says Iowa's alcoholic beverages division should no longer have direct control over wholesale liquor in the state. Halber has a whistleblower lawsuit pending against the division following a 2018 dismissal. He is challenging Democratic incumbent Rob Sand, who spoke at the soapbox last week. Iowa kids are heading back to school this week. IPR's Natalie Krebs tells us experts say now is the time to make sure students are up to date on their vaccinations.
2: Experts say it's important parents double check that kids have all recommended shots before school starts. Nathan Boonstra is a general pediatrician with Blank Children's Hospital in Des Moines. He says during the pandemic, many parents miss routine physical examinations for their children, which may have included routine vaccinations. If you're at all unsure about whether or not your child's immunizations are up to date.
0: Now is the time to check in with your child's clinic and find out because you want to get that appointment in and get those done before school starts.
2: Boonstra says he also recommends parents vaccinate their children against COVID-19. Although it's rare, the virus has been known to cause severe illness in some children. Kids as young as six months of age can be vaccinated against COVID.
0: And a survey has found the majority of Iowa households that rely on private wells may be at risk for exposure to unhealthy levels of nitrate or bacteria in their drinking water. The Iowa State University Extension and Outreach Survey found 90% of households do not test their water annually. Jamie Benning is the Assistant Director for Agriculture and Natural Resources Extension at Iowa State. She says part of the issue is because regular testing is not required by state law, but it is important to make sure drinking water is safe.
1: Put it on your calendar, maybe around your birthday, maybe ahead of the holidays, a time that you'll remember and and treat it like any other health um, action that you take.
0: It's estimated about 7.6 percent of Iowa households use well water. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters.
2: Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and
0: NPR. For many patients with long COVID, life does not go back to normal. But they are not alone. They join a community of chronic illness patients who hope the money being poured into studying long COVID will have a wider benefit. effects Public Media's Steph Whiteside spoke to some of them.
2: Before she got COVID near the start of the pandemic, Tanya Hovey ran a newborn photography business. She was active in her church, loved garden, and cycled several times a week. She had what's considered to be a mild case of COVID. Her infection lasted two weeks, and for the first few days after, she felt like she was getting better. And then like the fourth day, I
1: was, all the symptoms came back and I was bedridden, couldn't couldn't move, couldn't
2: breathe, I was dizzy. She'd feel fine for a couple of days, but then find herself unable to get out of bed. It would just cycle like a roller coaster. It was really weird.
1: And then after about three weeks, I got hit hard, was back in bed, couldn't breathe, really dizzy, heart pounding, and it never went away. <laughs> I never
2: got better. More than two years later, the mother of three in Utah still hasn't fully recovered. Hovey says she saw multiple specialists before finally being diagnosed with postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, or POTS, as patients refer to it. Kathy Peterson, who lives in Ohio, is very familiar with POTS. Her daughter has it, and she runs an organization called Standing Up to POTS. Peterson says the symptoms go beyond the fast heart rate that gives it its name. So it's harder for people with POTS to stand and be able to think or to do things that are physical. And so there's a lot of struggle. They they're much better off when they're in a recliner or laying on the couch. That's because for POTS patients, blood doesn't circulate normally. That makes it difficult to function while sitting or standing upright. They're having to work against gravity. Other symptoms include pain, stomach aches, headaches, dizziness, and brain fog. Hovey says she can't even go grocery shopping anymore. She recently stood in line at Costco to get a membership card. And just standing there while the lady was trying to upsell our membership,
1: my heart started pounding. I started getting short of breath. I couldn't breathe. I started getting headed, dizzy.
2: POTS isn't new, but it's becoming increasingly common in people with long COVID. It's a syndrome with many symptoms, yet it can't be detected with blood tests or medical imaging. That makes it hard to diagnose and really frustrating to live with. Dr. Esther Vorovich is a cardiologist at Northwestern Medicine in Chicago. She says patients are often very emotional when they come to her. I have a lot of tears in my, in my long-haul COVID clinic because people have been kind of told that they're crazy, you know, in, 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 in different words. Or sometimes in those words, but, but, but in different words that they're crazy and that it's kind of in their head. So she takes time to listen and acknowledge their symptoms are real. There are a few treatments for POTS, and most people have to change their lifestyle to manage their illness. For Tanya Hovey, that meant closing her business, relying more on her husband and children. She can't ride her bike anymore, but she has found one physical outlet, swimming. Because the water is a compression on my body. It's like wearing compression
1: tights, like uh, a whole outfit, <laughs> compression. And so the water helps As not have to fight
2: gravity. And so it keeps the blood up to my head. So swimming's fabulous. Kathy Peterson says she and other advocates hope the new attention on POTS due to COVID will lead to more answers benefiting all patients. The pandemic has been horrible in so many ways, but in a strange way, it's been a silver lining for these chronic illness communities who have been around for a long time, but nobody's really known about them. So far, Congress has allocated $1.15 billion to the NIH to study long COVID over the next four years. I'm Steph Whiteside, Side Effects Public Media.
0: Side Effects Public Media is a Midwest reporting collaboration, including Iowa Public Radio, exploring the impact of place policy and economics on Americans' health. This is here First from IPR News, a podcast that you can find wherever you subscribe to them. I'm Clay Masters. Thanks for listening today.